friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're two modern mamas with a goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. We're here with Laura of Radical Roots, who's a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Bear and Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hi guys, Laura here with another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. We are so fortunate to have an incredible guest back on the show for the third time. Actually, the fourth fourth episode, because the first episode we recorded with this wonderful human uh, ended up lasting two episodes worth. So we are thrilled to welcome back Eliza Parker today. And what's fun is that this episode is going to be a little bit different from previous episodes and that we are going to be focusing more on baby movement, which is something that I am in the throes of right now with Evie. She's almost 11 months and I've actually had the honor of having two separate phone or Skype consults with Eliza on Evie's movement. But without further ado, in case you haven't already listened in and don't know who Eliza is, check out the show notes for this episode because we'll link to her previous episodes on aware parenting, um, crying in arms and sleep. And then today we're going to talk about movement. So Let me read her bio just in case we need a refresher. Um, Eliza is a certified infant development movement educator, aware parenting instructor, body mind centering practitioner, and trained, correct me if I'm wrong here, Feldenkrais. (laughs) Feldenkrais. Feldenkrais practitioner. (laughs) She respects babies as whole people who enter the world knowing how to communicate, learn, and self-heal within relationships. Her conscious baby practice employs a unique approach to baby-led, I-can-do-it-myself milestone development, as well as attunement to nonverbal cues and crying. Eliza's life-changing perspectives and respectful solutions toward common parenting questions transcend typical parenting advice. Her work addresses babies on the well-baby spectrum and those experiencing challenges such as motor delay, difficulty in tummy time, and hip dysplasia. And today, we are talking all about belly crawling. Thank Yay. you so much for being here, Liz. I'm so excited. This is so fitting for me. Yay. I'm selfishly thrilled because Evie is belly crawling all over the world. Anyone who follows me on Instagram <laughs> sees that her clothes are constantly filthy because she, yeah. this kid has literally spent 70% of her life, probably 80% of her waking hours on her belly, on the floor, somewhere Amazing. in her house. So she loves tummy time. She loves belly crawling. I'm excited to hear why that matters and also the development that comes along with it. So thank you for being here and for uh, once again, opening your heart and mind to us and our listeners. Um, I can't tell you how amazing it's been to have you as a part of my life as a mom Mm -hmm. um, and a part of Evie's life as she's grown and developed. And so thank you for being here. Thank you. It's so fun talking to y'all. So I just fun. Love you guys. <laughs> we, we love having you. And I'm, you know, just got to have you last time. So I'm thrilled that it's my turn. Um, so what is new with you? What's new in the world of uh, Conscious Baby and in your life in general? Anything, any updates for us? Oh, let's see. In the world of Conscious Baby, things are just ticking along, man. It's amazing. Um, things are happening and I hope to be in a place soon to create some instructional videos so that I 
have more types of resources for people. Mm-hmm. Like there's the consults and then there's my blog, but like right now there's nothing really in between. So, and people love, I know from experience now I'm learning people love videos. They'll be able to just click play, watch something and then put it into practice. Mm-hmm. I find that lots of times people aren't as apps to read. <laughs> we like quick, quick information these days. So it's I think the, that's awesome. It's the quick information. And it's also the visual, like when it's, when it's movement based or even the crying, just because it's emotional and it takes us into a certain space, just having the visual, um, a lot of people are visual learners or I don't know, it just puts things all together. I think awesome. so. Well, yeah. well, definitely. I'm excited to share those once they are out in the world. Um, we'll show them with everyone. So I know I'll be waiting with bated breath so I can watch myself. Right. <laughs> Cause it's like, no matter how long, I mean, I, I would say that I've been practicing my some version or the, to my, my best ability aware parenting since Evie was born. Um, since we first had Liz Wolf on. So I'll also mm-hmm. link to that episode. Um, but it's one of those things where it's, it's a constant journey. The baby's constantly changing. I'm changing as a human, as a mom in my headspace and whatever throughout. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. And then the, the development, Elemental stuff, the movement, um, obviously that's always changing and developing as well. So yeah, I love it. the interesting thing is aware parenting because it can deal with sleep and extended crying is like, that's the thing everybody needs right now. Mm-hmm. So it tends to be the most, the first up in awareness in terms of, um, parents needs, immediate needs. But at the same time, it takes us into the emotional and personal realms, which isn't always as easy as theory, mm-hmm. <laughs> as in theory. Mm-hmm. Whereas the movement piece is kind of the opposite, where a lot of people don't realize um, lots of really cool pieces about it or where support might come in and be appropriate. But at the same time, it's movement and it's fun and it's a great doorway into understanding your baby. And um, I think parents often find that really fun because it's something you can do. Whereas aware parenting for me is a lot about being. Yes, that's what I was going to say. The movement stuff is very proactive. You're like, oh, you, you're yeah. giving me an actionable tool. And as a CrossFit trainer, for me, that it's, it's very, um, rewarding and it's very, I don't know. It's like, it's like an outlet, like, okay, here's something that I can do. You're giving me a cue or a tool yeah. that I can go and help my daughter move, move or develop or whatever. And for me, I love it. So yeah. I'm excited yeah. to dive in. <laughs> I also love yeah. the wear parenting because for me, you know, I started a mindfulness practice, like a couple years, three years before Evie was born. And for me now it's, it's, uh, it's been an awesome tool in helping me to, bring mindfulness to my presence with her, but it, for it's, it can be tough. I mean, Mm. especially because it's like allowing them to feel heavy feelings and holding that space. It's a great practice Mm. and it's made me, I think a better human, but it's also, it's not easy (laughs) and you have to be in the right headspace and the right state of mind and everything. So Mm -hmm. I love it. Multiple ways that we can help our kiddos. So let's dive, I guess let's dive in because everyone's like, okay, well, what are you talking about? (laughs) Belly, belly crawling. Um, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah. Um, let me say, the first thing to kind of um, make it make sense to people. So if you think about like for us as grownups from wherever you're sitting or standing or whatever right now, in order to move, like to get up and do something or move across the room, what do we have to do? The only way we can get around in the world is to shift our weight, like to literally be able to shift weight, move, maneuver ourselves, get up, 
um, walk, which is weight shifting, etc. So that's basically what this is about. Um, so belly crawling, there are two kinds of crawling. There's hands and knees crawling, which everyone knows about, and then there's belly crawling. So this is also often called army crawling, commando crawling, pre-crawling, or also when um, some people are like, my baby can't figure out how to get her tummy off the ground. <laughs> Um, this is actually a, a legitimate stage, um, and there's lots of benefits, which we'll talk about. But um, it's the hardest milestone to get, and a lot of babies don't find it. Um, and hands and knees crawling, yes, is the one that's super critical, but belly crawling is also amazing. Um, and if you have a belly crawling baby, you'll have a hands and knees crawling baby. So, um, which is something I doubted. I was like, she's going to crawl on her belly forever. And then all of a sudden now she's literally just popping onto her hands and knees and rocking forward and backwards. I'm like, Oh, it's going to happen. It still hasn't, (laughs) but yeah, thankfully (laughs) talking to you, I'm like, okay, we're, we're, you know, it's as parents, there's so many things that we can feel like we've missed or whatever. And so it's nice to know that this is is important too, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, I feel like, like to me, this is the big mama milestone because, this is when your baby transitions from, um, like so far you put your baby down and she stays where you put her. And then from this point on, this is when you put your baby down and they don't stay where you put them. And it's a huge transition for parents. Jump on Amazon and buy the outlet plug covers only to find out that she can pull them out. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, so like, I feel like this is maybe the biggest transition in life after being born, um, like in terms of basic function is when we become mobile, mm-hmm. when we can get around. So it's kind of big stuff. Um, yeah, so, so it's, it's about weight shift. It's the baby's first locomotion. So um, to me... I talk about this belly crawling, belly moving, um, which includes going backwards as the baby's first locomotion. And some people will say that rolling is the first locomotion and um, locomotion meaning traveling a distance on the floor. Um, And rolling, while it is, it can be used to travel and it is a change of from one place to another, it's also... um, to actually travel a distance is where we want to look into belly crawling versus if a baby is really rolling long distances. Um, that's one signal we'll get to some more later about um, when we can come in and bring in some support just to, to it's that weight shift piece. So this weight shift um, is a huge piece of this. So in the baby's brain um, or in children's brains, there are windows of opportunity. Um, if people have heard that, that's an actual scientific term. A window of opportunity is a time in your child's brain when your child is ready to learn the next new thing. So at this stage, your baby's brain starts saying, go, and baby who's comfortable on on his or her tummy 
is going to start pushing and moving and figuring out how to move their weight and eventually go. So, so it's, it's just all this, it's this, it's a body movement shift, but it's also this, like, it's a paradigm shift for baby and parents. It's just like, (laughs) I'm like writing that down. That's a, a, that's a money quote right there. A paradigm shift. It's more than just physical. I think it's so important. Yeah. (laughs) Belly crawling is a paradigm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let me back up to, and say that this work that I'm talking about comes out of infant developmental movement education, which comes out of a bigger body of work called body mind centering. It's a somatic approach to movement education. Um, infant development is a huge piece of it. And the person, the name behind this work is Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen. Um, and we'll link to all that too in the show notes. If you guys want to dive in even deeper, I'm sure we're going to get into it today, but you know, it's always nice to have extra resources. So I'll make sure I link to them in the show notes as well. Excellent. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So, um, and also, yeah, along with the paradigm shift thing, <laughs> we're going typical Eliza, like philosophical big picture, but I we'll get it. there. I'm, I promise you, um, with the paradigm shift, it's like, yes, it's about, it's about movement, movement, literacy, body health, joints, all this stuff, but it's also about self-expression, mm-hmm. um, Movement is completely tied to communication and how we express ourselves. Um, it's also about confidence and learning skills and reading skills and um, self-esteem, that sense of I can do this, I can experiment, I can move, I can get what I want, I can go after my dreams. So kind of that's the container that holds this to me, and that's the container I work in when I go down to these details. I love it. And I feel like I can see it on my kid's face when she figures something new out. It's like this whole new, it's like her face shifts and there's definitely pride and this feeling of accomplishment. And, um, it's been fun to have spoken with you about that ahead of time. And so I'm kind of looking for it. And so when I see it, I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. how did you, know, you, you got there? You did it. And it's, it's cool. So yeah. That's it's awesome. Super cool. Awesome. So, um, so let's talk some about the benefits of I would love this. that. That was my next question. You're on top of it. Okay. So what, what are the benefits? Um, so I also feel like I should say um, some babies will belly crawl. <laughs> I, I will get there in a sec. Some babies will belly crawl for a super short time, like a day, and others will belly crawl for months. And if you're listening to this and your baby never belly crawled or skipped belly crawling, don't worry. We'll talk about some stuff later. That's what I love about you. Is it's always like, here's here's what's <laughs> awesome. But hey, if this didn't happen for you, it's okay. It's always okay. Yeah. There's always things you can do no matter what. And I think that that's, I love that about the way that you teach is that you give the information based on research and based on experience, but also you leave parents feeling like they're still able to make improvements or make changes or, or, you know what I mean? And so it's, you give the tools. Yeah. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Like to me, it's all true at the same time. Like mm-hmm. it's true that belly crawling is amazing. And it's true that if they didn't do it, there's other stuff that's still amazing. <laughs> exactly. <that's laughs> so anyway. Okay. So belly crawling, if you, okay. So if you get on the floor and do this yourself, um, I don't know if you've done this a lot, Laura, but it's crazy 
strengthening Mm -hmm. in your body. (laughs) If you just get on the floor and do what your baby does, like lots of people say, oh, babies don't do anything. They just lie around and play on the floor all day. Let me tell you, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that ain't so. This is major. (laughs) So, yeah. So babies will first, um, they'll pivot in a circle. So you might see them pivoting in a circle. That's kind of the first, wait, you didn't, that's not where I put you down. You turned in a circle and then (laughs) they'll start pushing backwards. And then if they find belly crawling forwards, then they go forwards. So if you think about all that pushing around on the tummy, the arms pushing into the shoulder girdle, pushing the whole body backwards. Um, There's just a lot of organization happening through the body and a lot of core strength in all of these movements in the torso. Um, And then that leads to independent sitting. So lots of parents are curious about independent sitting and especially in baby led development, which is what I teach, which is where you let the baby find sitting, standing and walking completely on their own without propping them up or teaching it to them. Um, so in this realm of baby led, this exact belly moving backwards, forwards in a circle, all this toning of the core and organizing is what builds them up to sitting to give them the strength for functional independent sitting. So that's a couple there. Um, and again, the weight shift, this is where they learn to manage and shift their weight. It's about hand eye coordination. So this is an important point. Um, talk about some more later too, but you may often see, babies pulling with their arms Mm -hmm. on their tummy. Um, any, any moving on the tummy is wonderful and any moving forward on the tummy is wonderful, but the fully integrated belly crawling pattern is actually a pushing with the feet. Um, so when they push with a foot, it frees up that hand to move forward And if they're looking at something and they're curious and they're engaged and that hand is moving forward, then you've got this hand-eye coordination building up. Um, And then they'll often put the thing in their mouth. And the way these reflexes are set up, there's this whole triad of hand-eye-mouth coordination, and that's kind of all underneath this. Another thing is, so the animal image for this is a lizard. Mm -hmm. So... If you kind of think of the image of a lizard who's low to the ground and scanning the environment and their head can kind of scan side to side, that's kind of this stage. So in addition to that hand-eye coordination, there's the scanning of the environment. And if you think of the baby's level being on their tummy and they're low, your sensory level is this scanning of the environment. Um... And this supports reading skills later. So hands and knees crawling is a big piece of reading, but also this belly crawling scanning supports that whole process. Interesting. I never would have even put those two together. That's so cool. Yeah, super interesting. Um, And like, also another benefit. So before this, they will have been, they will have learned to push up on their forearms, hold their head up. 
So what this belly crawling does when you can get to this fully integrated pattern is that it separates the arms. So where the arms were symmetrical before, now they're going asymmetrical, which is related to that scanning and that reading. It's like it's when babies are are little and they're like two months and you might see that ATNR reflex, which is where the head turns and the head, the arm that their head is turned towards extended and the other arm is behind their head. It's an asymmetrical position. At three months, they come into symmetry midline, bringing their hands together. And then this movement again, these movements started about four, five, six, seven months. This is separating those things again to go into asymmetry. So linking back up to reading and scanning the environment, it's like, how do you bring yourself together into the middle so you're organized? And then from that foundation, how do you then go asymmetrical or move away from it or read or move or whatever? I love it. have you done There's any so work with things. or research into DNS, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization? Um, I think we, we shouted about that. this. Yeah. I don't know if we did before. Oh, we might have. Oh, did we? Um, we do look at it in body-mind centering training. It's not something that I've studied in depth. Yeah. I just went to a seminar recently, um, and I just find it absolutely fascinating. And it, you know, it's really based off of the way babies move. So it makes more sense that they mm-hmm. might research into what you guys do versus vice versa, because they're trying to take the movement patterns, um, and the core stability and, you know, each stage of the, the of this development and then help adults to kind of reconnect with that, to help them move better in their life or their mm-hmm. sport or whatever. And so I just find it so fascinating. And I think we could all learn so much from watching babies move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. I think that, um, Bonnie may have studied that. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. Cause I'm not sure, but I think that it's highly possible. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. But, Yeah. So a couple other things I'll mention here too, that belly crawling prepares the hips and the knees for the motion of hands and knees crawling. So if a baby skips belly crawling and they go up to hands and knees, it'll often be kind of what I call reflexy or like their limbs are glued to the floor. Like they just um, can't quite get that separation of the arms um, or knees. So this belly crawling, this fully integrated pattern just gets the alternating legs, the hips and the knees functioning in preparation. Um, the ankle moving when they push from the foot, it makes the ankle bend and straighten and that helps prepare for standing and walking. Um, so there's a, there's just so many things. And the last thing here the belly crawling helps some of the um, reflexes integrate, like that ATNR with your two-month-old whose head is turned to one side and that hand is out beyond, out straight. That's underneath belly crawling. That's one of the pathways that reflex when they're younger helps create this pathway for intentional movement. And if you, if if you've ever seen an older child like in school who has to lay their head down on the desk to write. It's like they lay their head down and that it's just like the ATNR position. So in order to write, that hand is kind of extended and they write with their head down. It's that kind of same, 
that's a reflex that's not completely integrated by that point. So, yeah. yeah. So this belly crawling is one thing that just helps move that through the body and integrate and kind of make it usable. So lots of... Lots so many benefits. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so should we talk about now a little bit of why it's why it's important to make it its own separate developmental skill? Or do you think we kind of covered that? Yeah. Okay, let's dive um, in. Let's dive in there. So, Because most people just think of it as, okay, this is just a stepping stone to get to hands and knees. But really, in and of itself, mm-hmm. as you've kind of already gone over the benefits, like it's important that we um, maybe support our little ones to utilize this time of movement as its own unique developmental skill. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, it's often called pre-crawling, um, but and it is, but it's a very different coordination than hands and knees crawling. Um, so, in a sec, we'll compare mm-hmm. um, hands and knees and belly crawling. But first, yeah, let's talk through what makes belly crawling its own legitimate stage. So, it really is a separate thing. Um, I have a post about this too. I will share with you, but if you, um, if you break movement down in the first year, kind of mathematically or maybe geometrically or, um, logically or something like that, you have an axis. So we have a up and down axis, head and tail rotating and turning. We turn or turn our head or roll on this axis And then the baby learns to, um, the baby who's learning to push up on their forearms, that's upper lower. So they push up on their forearms, they kick both legs at the same time. That's an upper lower pattern. I'm going to skip ahead for a sec to hands and knees crawling. Hands and knees crawling involves one hand reaching forward and the opposite knee coming through. So it's, we call that cross lateral or contralateral, which is part of why it's so important in the brain because of the crisscrossing in the body and the crisscrossing in the brain. So in between those two, we have this belly crawling stage, which is what we call homolateral or side side. So homo meaning same, lateral meaning side, same side. So the baby who's in the upper lower pattern, this is now a shift of having the weight into one whole body half. So the weight is in one arm and one side of the torso and one leg, and the other arm and leg are mobile. So we've gone from an upper lower pattern now to a side-side pattern. So the weight shifting in the um, belly crawling is going to be the side-side weighted position. um, This fully integrated, when they push from a foot, the weight's all on, say, the left side. They push from the right foot, the right hand goes forward, they roll, their body weight rolls to the right side, and the left side becomes mobile, and it alternates. Um, So that's what makes it a complete different coordination than hands and knees crawling and really its own thing. And when you do that, you get side bending in the spine. So um, 
Yeah. If you think of, so, so this is when, like, if you have a baby who's five, six, seven, maybe eight months and they play in a position where they lean on one elbow and one knee is kind of up and out to the side and they can play with that hand. That's the side shifted position. Um, and if you look at that, you'll see a, a curve in the spine. That's a side bend. So that's the spinal motion. Um, so to kind of bring in now hands and knees crawling, um, that spinal motion and hands and knees crawling is more about rotation. Well, there's, there's different stages of hands and knees crawling, but, um, the fully matured pattern of it is about rotation. So you reach forward, um, kind of rotates your spine, that knee comes through and it's this process of rotation kind of as the core element of it in the spine. And whereas this belly crawling is the side bending, um, again, the, how the weight shifts in belly crawling, it's, from one whole side to the other whole side and hands and knees crawling, it's crisscrossing one arm to the other knee. Right. Um, and, and then also belly crawling is a push pattern mm. from the foot alternating feet. And then hands and knees crawling is a reach pattern. The hand reaches, the other knee comes through. And this is also where you can go to some different levels with this. Um, different layers of being, so to speak, where it's not just about the movement, but the embodiment of the movement, we call it, or the mind of the movement, the mindset, the personality of the movement. So push patterns, there are a few push patterns through development. There are a few reach patterns. If you know someone who is pushy (laughs) (laughs) or, um, yeah, push, 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 like, there's an element of that in these push patterns, but like the strength of the push patterns is that oomph to go and get it and establish your connection with the earth and the floor and Mm -hmm. do what you need to do. The reach patterns, um, someone who has lofty goals or is reaching for their dreams or that kind of thing, or, um, you're reaching with your questions or whatever, those, the reach patterns, um, have a relationship with that, or that's the mindset or the embodiment. So, so babies going through all these movements are putting all of these things together. Um, and so it's not just about the movement, but also kind of the mindset of everything. Um, and then one last note here about, um, how these two are different is that senses, our senses and sensory perception develops in tandem with our movement. So if you imagine being on your tummy, um, or actually do it, um, go down on your tummy and kind of look around, what do you notice? And this relates to the scanning that kind of lizard scanning of the environment, your range of sensory intake is, is only so big, like it expands because you can now move, but, um, yeah, you just kind of, if you think of the zone that's within your reach, um, 
in general. And then hands and knees crawling, if you think about coming up higher, you're higher in space, Mm -hmm. you've got rotation in your spine, so now you've got a little bit more available to you in terms of what you can see and notice and interact with. And accordingly, your baby's body is developing and brain is able to now integrate more sensory information. So um, that sensory level is important too. So could it be potentially overstimulating for a baby to go who cannot yet sit on his or her own to be put in the sit? Because they see a lot more maybe than their sensory, their senses are prepared for? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, That's one of the things about baby led development and not propping, um, and kind of avoiding or reducing, but avoiding if you can, mm-hmm. um, propping. Yeah. That, that if a baby's not able to get into sitting or standing on their own yet, um, their body is still really working on some skills down lower, but it's not just the movement. It's the sensory piece So yeah, it can be overstimulating um, for them to be up higher and they will often tend to like it. Um, But it's also kind of like they can't not pay attention to the stimulation that's up there so that when they come back down, there's kind of a lot to sort out. Yeah, that's fair. Come back down. And then can we expect as parents, because that has happened to us, um, to, for there to be, so we didn't do propping and whatnot. uh, We avoided as much as possible, but I noticed that like before these transitions, kind of like as she was leading up to, for instance, before she could roll over, there was definitely, definitely observable frustration. And mm-hmm. then as she was trying to get to move on her belly, she could get into that push up onto her forearms and she would grunt and just be frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then when she could move a little bit on her belly, she would, you know, or when she could roll over, she, she would get frustrated when she couldn't move forward and only side to side. And so I just found mm-hmm. that there was definitely elevated periods of frustration for her. <laughs> and it's hard as a parent to not be like, oh, let me just help you. Let me just put you in a seat or let me just move you where, mm-hmm. where you want to go. So is there a benefit to our little ones to let them kind of be frustrated? And then where's the line, I guess, when if they're frustrated between these, these transitions of helping versus letting them kind of work it out? Yeah. Are we going to get, hopefully I didn't jump the gun there, but it's super fascinating to me. Yeah. Great question and observation. Um, so, so frustration is a normal and healthy part of development. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like if you even think of us as adults, like if we have a health challenge or whatever challenge or something at work or whatever, it's often not until we get frustrated enough with something that we make a change or that we figure something out new, um, or change a habit. Um, so in the first year of development, also we, we look at everything, um, in IDME through this lens of motivation. So, and when we, yeah, let me say this first, motivation. So what's motivating them to develop? What's motivating them to come up higher? Um, yeah, it's that frustration is, is usually a transition point of them trying to figure out a new skill and giving them that oomph, um, driving the motor behind the new skills. And about the line, it's like, 
some amount of frustration is going to be inevitable and is okay. If that turns into giving up, that's a signal for help and support. If it turns into anger, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's something different. Although it's also different if a baby is used to being propped up and if you're wanting to make a change and take that baby back down to their tummy, there's going to be what feels like frustration around them wanting to be propped up. And that, that will take us into some kind of emotional release realm of aware parenting. But, um, and that's kind of also a different thing in terms of frustration, but at the same time, that frustration is going to be part of their impetus to figure out, well, how do I do this myself? Um, yeah. So awesome. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some (laughs) tips, I guess, on um, helping them through this (laughs) (laughs) tips. Yes, Um, please, please. Okay. I'm going to pull another Eliza and be like, actually, there's something I want to tell you before we get to tips. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) Let's hear it. (laughs) I'm all ears. (laughs) Um, yeah, I've just been talking about belly crawling and I mean forward usually, but we want to talk about backwards too. So belly crawling is a legit stage, but also going backwards is legit. So the other thing that (laughs) is kind of a common sentiment is my baby's, she's going backwards. She can't figure out how to go forward. What's wrong? (laughs) So wrong way, wrong way. uh, (laughs) And I bet that's frustrating for the little ones too. (laughs) Okay. So good point too. This stage when they're in this belly crawling mode, going backwards will tend to be the most frustrating stage of development because they want something. And what do they do? They go backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so if you think of physically, um, imagine you're pushing your head up, you've learned to support yourself on your forearms. Um, that's about pushing into the ground, into gravity. And I'll say here that tummy time is not only about muscle strength. It's about finding your support and your skeleton and your foundation and feeling that support to, to rise up out of, to yield into and push up out of. So if you think of all this beautiful yielding and pushing and all this good stuff, and you can support themselves on their forearms, what they know so far is pushing into their arms. So brain starts getting curious about moving and they're like, Hmm, what's that over there? They push and they pivot first, but then they keep pushing and it takes them backwards. So it's kind of that combination of brain says, start saying go and their body knows pushing into the arms. So in this homolateral stage, this belly crawling, side bending, weight shifting stage, backwards comes first in typical development. Um, yeah. So, so celebrate your backwards baby. (laughs) I love it. Celebrate all the things, but that's, you know, that's moving, moving in the right direction, even though it seems as though the irony is that they're going the wrong way, but it's actually the right way. (laughs) 
that's some interesting life irony right there that your baby's going to go in circles and backwards before they go forward. Right. So maybe we can all learn something from that. Slow down. <laughs> I love it. That awesome. Maybe it's normal to go in circles and go backwards before mm-hmm. you go forwards. Yes, I think that's awesome. Cool. It's not about how we get there. So we get there eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> Once you've checked out steps. all of the options. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy the scenery. <laughs> I love it. So, okay. Yeah. So let's get to some tips, um, that parents can use. So one is make sure that your baby is comfortable lying on all four sides, but especially on their side. Um, yes, tummy time is important. And if your baby's not comfortable on their tummy, all of these milestones are going to be harder to find. But I will say that for me, the number one most important thing is actually sidelining. Um, because side lying gives them it, it's transitional and it it it's mechanically efficient to when we get up and down from our side like if you've ever been told by anybody to when you get out of bed to roll to the side and get up um, because it reduces tension but it's also the side is kind of a doorway if you have the side that's the doorway onto the tummy or onto the back. So you have options from your side. But the other thing about being on the side is that it's automatically weight bearing on one side. So um, also when we're following kind of the line of thought of what's natural for babies, this side position also lends itself to if you think of your baby in your womb before being born and how they're kind of in that, not kind of, but in that fetal position where they're curved, their spine is curved and their limbs are tucked in and they're all tucked in. Um, that's called flexion, that C curve. So be lying on the side <clears throat> is conducive also to that same flexion positioning Um, but then it also, it's a very natural place for babies and it also gets their inner ear comfortable with being off center. So this is another thing actually about this whole stage, um, and the sideline thing that you and I as grownups are used to being up and down forward and back and being comfortable on the side means being comfortable in a different orientation and gravity off center, the brain being able to read where they are, their limbs, their, that arm and that leg are touching the floor. So the, and the, and the head is here. So the brain can kind of start measuring here's where I am in relation to the floor. So it's all these good things, but it also, if they're used to being on their side, And that territory of their side, instead of only knowing what their front and their back feel like, um, if they have access to their sides, both sides, then once they get to this stage of shifting weight and kind of rolling toward their side, it's just natural. 
Hi friends, Laura here. I am so excited to announce that the Modern Mamas podcast has joined forces with Paleo Valley. If you've been following me for long, you know that I absolutely love and appreciate their products because they've been such an important part of my journey to health and then also now Evie's journey, especially with her first foods. Our absolute favorite in this household is the grass-fed organ complex. We also love the beef sticks and their brand new turkey sticks and take them with us basically everywhere we go on all of our travels. Some other of our favorites include the organic super greens, which are great for smoothie bowls or smoothies or just taking down the hatch right as they are. We love the grass-fed non-denatured whey, the superfood bars, which are loaded with collagen, and um, I cannot wait to now try their new essential C complex. Don't miss out. You can get an awesome deal. Just head to our show notes for the discount code and link and try them for yourself. You will not be disappointed. Enjoy. Position. It's that flexion. It's being comfortable in all places, um, mapping all of the territory, so to speak. And how do body. we create that comfort just by time spent or in some cases uh, is extra help needed? So both, all of the above. Um, so when, when folks work with me, I take people through some handling tips, um, kind of a way to put your baby down and pick them up that utilizes this. But kind of the key right here is like, if you lie down together, this is also a great, um, you can be face to face. You're both on your side. You can interact there. Your baby can be in that natural flexion. Um, so you could lie down together. You can also, you can have your baby in any position lying on you, even kind of sideways. Um, it's also like if you hold your baby in cradle hold, kind of the typical, there's kind of variations there where the baby's more face towards ceiling. But if you're nursing, then your baby's, um, body front is toward your front. So relative to gravity, if you are upright, they're on their side. Um, so being comfortable in those positions, yeah, time spent there doing it together. Um, if they're not comfortable there or they arch a lot, they may not be able to find that flexion position. And that can be related to processing the birth experience or, um, sometimes digestion stuff. So there's some options there of, yes, when support may be needed, but yeah. So first tip, make sure your baby's comfortable lying on their sides. Um, tip number two, floor options. Um, did y'all, did y'all play with this? Floor options. Like different, different types of surfaces. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. She, you know, for a while, when we first had her on the floor, we were putting her on this thing called a lily pad, which I loved. It was nice and soft and squishy. Um, and we kind of found that it had in a way kind of halted her movement. It seemed she was rolling Mm -hmm. a ton and then we started putting her on that and she kind of just got cozy there. And so then we put her back on the carpet and then she started rolling again, but wouldn't really, there was no movement forward or back. And then we went to visit my brother And so we'd have her in the kitchen sometimes, but it's kind of a small space. So I don't think she felt like she had a lot of space to move. I went to hang out at my brother's house and his entire home is hardwood floor. Mm. By the end of that visit, she was, (laughs) she was cruising on her belly. So it was really cool to see the different surfaces. And when we have her on grass, she doesn't really move. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fascinating to see the different surfaces and where she prefers to move versus, uh, stay still. 
Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's fun. So, so tip number two is as long as you're comfortable with your baby not banging their head when they roll mm-hmm. um, on the floor, go ahead and explore a slippy floor. Yeah, we've had a lot um, of bonks, and she's she's kind of cool with <laughs> at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, with that, I will say that at every stage of development, there's a corresponding small fall, mm-hmm. so to speak. And this, this might be counterintuitive, but like learning to fall from being up supported on your arms Mm -hmm. and you fall over your inner ear becomes it measure, you measure where you are and you kind of learn that space. And then you get up higher, like in sitting and you might be leaning over on your hand and you kind of fall over there's kind of a, or they learn to stand and the only way to get down at first is to plop down, like to let themselves go and actually kind of fall. Mm-hmm. And then when they, when they're toddling, it's kind of about falling and fall down. So yeah. So, so you have to navigate that, um, according to your comfort, that kind of rolling over and the head and the falling over, but don't be afraid to find your slippy floor because, it's often a whole bunch easier for many babies to find this belly moving, um, pushing backwards and forwards when they're on a sleepy, slippy surface because of friction. Yeah. So experiment with floor surfaces and you might just be completely surprised mm-hmm. <laughs> at what Fun. pops open. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So tip number three is do it yourself. So self-referencing often helpful, a lot of grownups, um, didn't belly crawl. Like a lot of us also didn't belly crawl. So if you did belly crawl, this will make more sense to you innately in your body. If you didn't belly crawl, it, once you get down on the floor, it might seem a little bit confusing or weird or uncomfortable, but the more you can feel it in your body, um, the more you'll understand what to look for in your baby and how to support your baby. So what you want to do is get on the floor, do what they're doing. Um, but also to kind of take the, um, the framework of the pattern itself So the pattern itself entails that shifting your weight onto one side, bringing that knee kind of out to the side and up. Um, And we'll have in some of the links in your show notes, Mm -hmm. um, there will be some references so you can see what I mean when I say the knee is out to the side and up. But yeah, and your your one hand is free to play with something. And then shift yourself to the other side so you feel it on both sides and then play with pushing yourself backwards, play with alternating your legs and pushing from your foot to go forward. And just I'll say of, that this was very helpful for me to feel mm-hmm. it out. And also when I went to that DNS seminar where we just spent a lot of time rolling it on the floor and on hands and knees and on our bellies, um, mm-hmm. I brought Evie and she was the only baby there. It's not necessarily a baby <laughs> friendly. I think that was unprecedented, but I brought her and it was really cool. I, and I've also noticed when I do it at home, spend a lot of time on the floor moving that she transitions better. She, she ends up mimicking 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's fun to get down there and to do it. And it helps <laughs> me get in the headspace of like, okay, how is how hard is this for me? Imagine how hard it is for her. And then also she, I think, learns by watching me a little bit, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. It's totally a learning from each other. Yeah, I love it. Um, they will Helps with connection. imitate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then for us also, it's just, yeah, this, especially belly crawling is just is sometimes a really new coordination mm-hmm. for folks. Yeah. So do it yourself so that you know what you're looking at with your baby. Um, tip number four is be on baby's level. This is kind of also my general tip for baby led development is that we often think about bringing babies up to our level um, we're just so used to being upright people. So it's just really easy to not even think about it and bring the baby up into sitting or standing or up high. Um, this is not at all to say that you can't carry your baby up high, like whatever. I don't mean that, but, um, um, or things like that, but to be on, to also be on baby's level and to really allow your baby to be naturally at whatever their stage is and to take yourself down to their level. So if your baby is naturally able to lie on the floor on their sides, back tummy, go on down there and be on your tummy too. Um, kind of for some of those same reasons we were just talking about that brings relationship into it. So it's not just about a chore to do or tummy time because the pediatrician prescribed it or, um, or, I want to get my baby belly crawling, which also is great, but it it brings the element of relationship into it, um, which is just a great starting point. Um, yeah. And then to the, when we go down to baby's level, it just really gives them the message that they're okay. It's okay to be right where you are. I accept you just where you are let's explore what you can do right here. Um, I love that because part of that, going back to that motivation and frustration and they're wanting to join us, they want to participate mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> they want to, um, get up higher. Like mm-hmm. they're in, they, they will innately want to come up higher on hands and knees and sitting and standing and all that. So, Generally, you don't have to worry about that, but coming down to baby's level just can really give them kind of relax that part a little bit so they can be like, okay, let's do, it's okay to be right here mm-hmm. um, and let's and find pushing around on the belly just to really expand into this time of pushing on the belly because there's so much good stuff cool. in it. Um, and then one last tip, number five which relates to things we talked a little bit is reduce propping and avoid it if you can. Um, and that's another huge topic also, but the trick there is that in those windows of opportunity, when the baby's brain starts saying, go, the baby who's on their tummy is going to start playing with some kind of moving on the belly, mm-hmm. um, which hopefully it turns into belly crawling and, and moving in the, on the belly forward. Um, and then eventually hands and knees crawling. 
the baby who has been sat or is sitting up at that timing when the brain says go, sometimes that turns into scooting on the bottom instead of belly crawling and hands and knees crawling. Um, and age-wise, yeah, this is a whole nother um, just complete perspective change, but a lot of pediatricians will be asking you at five months, can your baby sit up at six months? Can your baby sit up? <laughs> so if you're going to follow baby led development, you need to know that you might just have to be like, Nope, not yet. <laughs> not yet. And that's okay. Wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't it? It's just perfect. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm so proud of my baby. who's not setting up. Yet. <laughs> Why is that such a common question? Not even from the pediatrician, but it's oh, I, like, you know, and I, I think I, I don't do it now because I'm hypersensitive to it, but, um, I feel like I always get asked, is she crawling yet? Is she walking yet? And I'm just like, nah, no, it's okay. She's, you know, she's on her belly a lot. She's belly crawls and, and I'm, I'm fine with it. But that question, I don't think people realize how it can make parents second guess where their kid is in his or her development. And, um, I don't know. It's parenthood is interesting and in that the, the kinds of questions that are asked so frequently sometimes can leave a parent feeling less than, or like their yeah. kid is behind, you know? And, and I like to, I tell myself and I like to explain to people that it's less about when and more about the order. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And, more about the order. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's even the, the pediatricians, like yeah. parents get this from pediatricians. They don't even know. I mean, we need pediatricians for certain things. They're really good at pathology, but they're not usually trained in this, this detail of reflexes and movement patterns. Um, so yeah, I think that has to do with kind of our cultural drive toward achievement and, mm -hmm. and, and also just not knowing, not knowing what else it looks like. I think a lot of people just literally don't know that a baby will find sitting, standing and walking on their own in typical, a typical development, a typically progressing baby. Right. Um, and just assume that they need to be taught. So there's, there's all that in there, but um, and I think like people want to show interest. Yeah. It's all out of a place of good. Yeah. But it's at the same time as on the other end of it, it's not <laughs> supportive right. really. Uh -huh. Like it's not really. So it's, I think it's like, it's a big piece of it is education, both for parents to know this information. And then for other people, it's just like, how do you interact with a baby? How do you talk to a parent about their baby? Um, <laughs> so that's another topic too, right. but <laughs> the age of, so the age of a baby being sat is around five months, something like between four and six months, but the age of baby led functional independent sitting is typically more around six, seven, eight months. And sometimes later. Yeah. Evie's um, not sitting on her own. I mean, she's not getting herself into a sit. Mm -hmm. And we don't yeah. often put her there except for to feed her sometimes. Sometimes we just feed her on the floor, on her belly, to be honest. Um, <laughs> awesome. And she's how old right now? Uh, she'll be 11 months in five days. Okay. So, you know, and yeah, she's, she's super content. It's like she just doesn't have a desire to get into a sit. And so, um, but she's on her belly and she's on her hands. She can get up on her hands and knees and she's just kind of happy in those positions. And so we're not pushing it. <laughs> it's like your baby will have 
or a typical person will have the rest of their life to sit, stand and walk. And we sit too much as a people these days anyway. Oh my gosh. So right? I'm not in any rush to get her sitting on her butt. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really this progression. Mm-hmm. Um, now, important. does sitting also. typically come after hands and knees crawling or before? Um, it varies. Okay. So, oh, this is a great thing to add in here. So in baby led development, sitting, I kind of alluded to this, but I didn't explain it. Well, um, arise out of all this belly pushing. So if you imagine your baby pushing backwards, pushing forwards from their feet, all this kind of moving back and forwards, the squishing around as one of my colleagues calls it kind of this squishing forwards and back. If you kind of imagine like the collection of all of that squishing around and that core strength happening and meeting in the middle Mm -hmm. and the weight shift rolling to the side that eventually what happens is all those forces meet and they go up, Hmm. takes the baby up. So the, they roll to their side, they push into their arm, they go up higher and higher. They end up in a side sit. They come up to sitting Um, Some babies will find sitting first from being on their hands and knees and pushing back into sitting. Um, But if they've been comfortable this whole time on their side, um, it will be also common to find sitting by pushing up from the side. So, um, yeah, so that's how sitting develops. Um, I I just, yeah. I mean, I just lost my thought. I think we were, so we were, we're pretty much through the tips, which I think that, that was a, a tangent that we got into based on, uh, <laughs> based on propping. Um, cause you know, we talked about propping and sitting and how, and that kind of thing. Um, and so I, I think, think ne- the next thing is tools for parents potentially to, what should we be looking for? Um, yeah. I guess to see that our kid is maybe on the verge of belly crawling or is belly crawling or that maybe how we can support through that. So what to look for and then how can we support them? Yeah. So what to look for, um, age wise, you're looking for these things around four, it can be as early as four months, Mm -hmm. um, around five and six months, or it'll be more like seven, eight months. If you haven't explored, um, a slippy floor surface sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, so it can vary, but, Look for, can your baby pivot in a circle? This is the first thing, because that's the start of moving their body weight around. And then look for, can your baby push backwards? And this is where the floor surface will come in handy. Can your baby push backwards? Because what typically happens eventually is the baby's pushing backwards, backwards, and then there will be that pushing backwards will become more and more kind of full body integrated and they'll roll to their side and that knee will pop up out to the side or they'll back themselves into a wall or under the furniture or something. And they'll find a surface for their feet that will start pushing off of. So their feet will start pushing and then they start getting that, um, in their bodies. And this, um, I wanted to talk about this too. Yeah. Okay. Tangent. So about this pushing backwards and the turnaround to moving forwards, Mm -hmm. it's a super cool thing in development that, um, I just want to impart the super 
coolness of it because <laughs> I, not a lot of people know to look for this, I don't think. But yeah, you watch the pushing backwards, backwards. They're, they come against a, the wall or something. Their feet start pushing on it. You start looking for their toes, playing with the floor. And then that force starts moving their body forward because if if you just rock yourself in your arms on your tummy, that takes the force backwards backwards through your spine, through your body. If you start playing with your toes into the floor, it's going to feed through your leg, through your spine, forward through your body. So it's like the tide starts turning, mm-hmm. and that's when moving forward can start coming in. And once they start getting the idea that they can push with their foot and they build up that coordination and strength and they can go forward, um, yeah, the tide turning, such a cool stage of life, this whole thing. I love it. So, okay, so things you're looking for, baby can pivot in a circle, baby can push backwards. Also, you're looking for the position of baby being able to shift over onto one side while on their tummy. So they're supporting on one elbow, one forearm, the other arm can play with something and be free. And that knee pops up out to the side. You're looking for that position. Um, you're looking for the toes playing with the floor, especially the big toe. So if you see that, um, well, and this goes with, um, take socks off as much as possible. Um, there are I, a lot. I actually cut all the feet off of her pajamas awesome. <laughs> with scissors. She's grown out of them now, but um, I listened to an episode, actually a podcast, Katie Bowman of, n- n- I forget what her thing is, but I'll link to it anyways. She talked about that, how she cut the feet off. I was like, genius. And now I'll only buy pajamas without feet. And I try and actually, we have uninterrupted uh, uh, on the floor at least two hours every morning in just a diaper. And I've mm. noticed that that makes a difference too, which she likes to be on um, without if we didn't have carpet, I would let her be naked way more. Um, but I, th- I really see more movement when she has fewer clothing, clo- clothes on. Mm-hmm. Um, the one tricky thing that I would say with that, if they're just learning to yeah. push on their tummy, it can be helpful to have a onesie on or something ah. on the tummy because um, in order to – sometimes if there's too much friction or if they're bare, if their tummy is bare and they start pushing, the, it will – trigger them to go up to hands and knees mm-hmm. and kind of bypass the tummy pushing because they kind of get stuck there in their tummy. So we certainly didn't have that. She's been belly calling <laughs> for like months, <laughs> but I love that. I think that's a very, that's a very valid point because, mm-hmm. um, I can see them potentially not being comfortable and then, uh, but it works here. <laughs> awesome. Hold okay. It. So yeah, socks off. Um, so when you see these toes playing with the floor, it's not, only cute, but it's, it's very functional. Their toes are gathering a lot of information, both sensory and motor. Um, it's the start of feeling the force travel through their leg. Um, so you're looking for the toes playing with the floor. Um, and then once they start going forward, you may start, you may see them start by pulling with their arms, but watch especially for alternating sides. Um, so you, you do want to look for a shift to pushing from the feet. So pushing from the feet to go forward in combination with alternating legs. So push off the right 
foot, they roll to the other side, push off the left foot. Um, and then the last thing I'll say to look for is getting their chest off the floor, um, but not their hips. So hips stay on the floor, chest down rises up. So they're kind of at the level of supporting on their elbows. Um, I think y'all had some, some fun options there where she was. Yeah. Yeah, We (laughs) we played it with a lot of things with the hips and the, and a little, giving a little bit of feedback on, um, her like feet kind of explained, which was super. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, yeah, one thing you can play with also is, yeah, having something at that foot that's Mm -hmm. pushing. If you find your baby kind of is only pulling with the arms Mm -hmm. sometimes there's, there's much more nuance to this. And I would say that was what I was going to say next is like, it's, if you need, (laughs) and I think that kind of brings us to our next topic too, it just the concept of like when to provide and reach out for support. And for us, it was really, it's, you know, it's, it's been cool and validating and informational and beautiful to connect with you and actually do (laughs) one-on-one because, um, you're able to see Evie move and she's like watching you and then you can actually see what's going on and provide very specific feedback. So mm. I do think that, um, it's incredibly valuable if you guys have more nuanced questions or things that we didn't quite answer here to actually reach out to Eliza. And of course we'll link to you and your work, uh, in the yeah. show notes as well. So when should, um, someone, and there's when some... should someone reach out to you? Yeah. So, um, what I was going to say with that, that's kind of a, like, that's kind of a general thing you can do, you know, let your baby push off your hand with that one foot. But there's also like, you want to look at how the force is traveling through and you want to look at their arms reaching. So there's kind of these other things too. And you also still want to allow the backwards. So um, there's that. Yeah. But when to reach out and when support would be helpful, things to look for are again, the symmetrical moving instead of switching sides. So if you see, kind of that bunny flop or a dive where either they pull with both arms at the same time to go forward or they push up. Some will push up all the way onto straight arms, but both arms at the same time and then kind of dive down and then push up again, kind of inchworm. Um, that, that is signifying that they haven't quite found the side shift. So those reflexes that open up the side shifting, um, the weight shift just haven't popped open. Um, another thing to look for is like we've talked about not using their legs. So only using arms with legs kind of dragging behind, um, because so again, it's like all these different tiers of, um, of wonderfulness. So moving on the tummy in any way, is wonderful. The fully integrated pattern, what we're looking for to get the full benefit is this pushing from the legs. Um, so if they're not using their legs or they're not alternating sides, so maybe they are pushing with a foot, but it's only one foot and they go do, 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 do with that same side. Um, that's another time to reach out because all of these movements also are forming the, the joint sockets and, the spine shaping and the way the joints and bones relate to each other. So if they're just doing one side, they're only getting that one sided, um, carving out or shaping. So you want to get both sides. Um, another 
time to reach out is if your baby is rolling to travel distance. Um, I don't mean just rolling and I don't mean kind of like a roll or two to get something, but really if they're rolling a distance or if they start rolling and give up or there's a toy far away. So yeah, another thing, it's kind of a, the same and a different thing. If they roll, um, start rolling, but then give up or they just completely give up. They see a toy out in front and they kind of start for it, but then they're like, eh. Um, and that can, that might be age and stage, but if, if that kind of continues and they're not able to make progress and they're kind of giving up, that's a time to reach out. Um, and while we're talking about reaching out and providing support, I want to talk some about what this means, what support and facilitation means. Um, it's so much not about forcing and not about trying to make them do something they're not doing, not about overpowering. Um, sometimes reflexes get a little bit stuck and habits start forming and belly crawling is just the hardest to find. And the reason reflexes are so important is that our movement at first is reflexive and then intentional. So those reflexes, just like that ATNR, start carving a pathway for intentional movement later. Um, and so there, there's a whole set of reflexes that are related to belly crawling. And for whatever reason, sometimes they just get a little stuck or they don't pop out. Um, habits start forming. So what we're doing in my, in my world, what I'm doing when I work with families is that it's not about exercising them or like within that pattern. Like it's not about making them go through that exact motion of belly crawling. It's, it's more about setting the baby up in their body or in the environment in a way that those reflexes can trigger naturally to get them to that movement on their own. So as much as possible, it's to set them up in a way that they can find it on their own. Um, so that's what I mean by working, supporting and facilitating. And it also, it also means opening their access to their full repertoire of movement and we talked about how it's not just the movement, but it's also self-expression. So movement and communication. So like if a baby is not doing a milestone, it's not a conscious decision um, on their part. So yes, we want to follow baby's lead, but also if they're not doing a certain motor skill, um, it tells us something. And there are really respectful, non-invasive ways to entice all their options out. And it, it sounds cheesy, but it's totally true. Like so that they have access to their full potential really because the movements in our bodies, like the side bending, the flexion and extension or arching, the rotating, it's not just body movement, it's daily function. And it's also expression. It's brain. It's like if you can side bend side to side, it actually relates to decision-making 
and weighing options, if you can rotate your spine, it actually relates to community and communication and um, listening and talking with others. And I would um, say, I would, and this is from a non-expert, but it also, I think, plays into how other people view you. You know, if like you're, if you have mm. like good posture and you're up and you're looking around and you're aware of what's going on around you, then that kind of brings an air to you that is going to impact the way that other people see you and whether or not they want to approach you and can impact relationships in that way too, which mm-hmm. is to see someone who's like, I imagine that spending a lot of time on your tummy impacts, um, your thoracic extension and mm. your ability to hold yourself upright versus you see a lot of people who are like rounded out through the thoracic and a little bit hunched over. And that yeah. I think plays so much into how people like, you know, and we are also visual people as much as we are emotional people. And the think the two, I think really play into each other. I don't know if that's something you've thought about or talked about or yeah. anything of that. Well, and it's that that's great. And it comes, it brings the, the embodiment piece full circle too. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes if a baby is props that they've, they can kind of start sinking and get that curved posture. Whereas a baby who's really got all that core support from all the belly moving, then will, um, has access to, to that uprightness. And it's not that a propped baby can't sit up right, but we do see these correlations. And so if you have that felt sense of strength, and confidence in your body, it's also, that's what you're going to embody and your mindset and exude and, and the self-expression piece. Yeah. It's just so all intertwined. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> so what if, uh, I think we can touch on this maybe briefly, but I think it's important to, to discuss is what if someone's baby skipped belly crawling altogether? Yeah. If your baby, um, if your baby skipped belly crawling, so if your baby is still kind of within the first year, there are bits and pieces that nature gives us another opportunity to catch. Um, one example, the motion of the ankle bending and straightening that helps prepare for standing and walking. Um, when they come around to kneeling, which will come along with or after they find hands and knees crawling, Kneel sitting, which is where you sit back on your forelegs. Um, again, it's, it's that will help. Uh, that also will help prepare for standing and walking. It's that long ankle actually that makes the connection with the ground. So that's I'm not going to explain that whole thing right now, but it's that long extended ankle versus the flexed ankle that actually prepares for efficient standing and walking. So. Um, so take heart. There are some other points in development where they can get some of these movements. Um, but also ball play, playing on an exercise ball. Um, if your baby is comfortable doing that and you can kind of put them on their tummy on a ball and gently shift them side to side so that they respond to gravity and it takes them into a side bend. So you can kind of get that side bending action. And then as they get older, you can play animal games where, you know, think lizard and then tiger for the cross lateral or just whatever you come up with. But, um, yeah, you can go back and get them later too. And even as grownups, like it's still good for us. So you, you can get down there and do animal games. 
I know I never because, crawled uh, either belly or hands mm, and knees. And I've got oh, a lot of like back stuff my whole life, but I have noticed since implementing a lot of this stuff that I'm working on with her into my own morning flow. When I first wake up in the morning, I get on the ground while she's still asleep mm. and I do a whole like 10, 12 minutes of flowing on the ground and nice. my entire body feels better. And not only that, but my energy levels are better throughout the day. And I just, I feel like I'm thinking more clearly. And so mm-hmm. I just think it's so powerful for as adults knowing, especially now that I know that I didn't do that as a baby. Um, I still don't think it's too late. And I I've noticed a dramatic difference, um, from implementing that on my own. So awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. It's one experiment right there. <laughs> Testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So when's the ideal age to reach out on that note? So I have another typical Eliza answer here. I have two answers. <laughs> one answer is any time, literally, like before your baby's born, we can set you up with the initial handling tips that lead into it. Like even the newborn flexion thing. Um, if your baby is like three months and younger, again, we can do those handling to handling tips that lead into or prepare or just get your baby comfortable with different orientations and gravity. Um, if your baby skips belly crawling or is going up to hands and knees, we can still implement ways that you can feed some of these movements to your baby's brain um, still within the realm of handling how you put your baby down so it's um, it's functional. Answer number two is the ideal time for setting this up is around is generally around four or five months. So four or five months is commonly when the brain just, is getting ready to rev up and kind of move out more in the world and start figuring out weight shift. So four to five months is a good time to start implementing these handling tips, the side shifting. Um, because if you're, once your baby does find hands and knees crawling, um, it can be much harder to go back down and catch belly crawling. And so often I will get, um, parents right at that point when they are found hands and knees and they want to get belly crawling. And by that point, sometimes we just have to go forward and put pieces in, in a different way. So kind of four or five months is also great. Um, And on that note of age, it's like, yes, hands and knees crawling is critically important, but also don't rush to get there before, um, before all this good stuff too. And it's kind of like, it's what everyone knows and everyone talks about hands and knees crawling and yes, it's amazing and wonderful, but also don't feel like, um, you need to rush to get there. We can, there's lots we can do to support movement and locomotion, um, before that point. I love so, it. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> so much incredible information. I'm probably going to, now that I've sat here and listened to you, I'm also going to listen to it at least twice because I just find it fascinating. Um, <laughs> and it's fun being like in the depths of it, but I also think this information is so pertinent for people who aren't in the depths of it, who don't even have a kid because movement is life for everybody. Um, and so I think there's so much to be garnered and learned from all of this, no matter our stage and the journey. Um, it's about function and expression. hundred percent. I love it. Awesome. Well, where can people find you? 
We've linked to you yeah. in so many places, but I just, in case someone's just listening for the first time and they're going to immediately go and find you, where, where can they go? Yeah. I can be found at consciousbaby.com. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S baby.com. I'm also on Facebook, um, Conscious Baby Eliza. And find me there. I have a form there you can reach me on or email me at Eliza at consciousbaby.com. Awesome. And if you guys aren't in our Facebook tribe, Eliza's there and she answers. Uh, you have a lot on your plate, so I, I can't mm-hmm. say that she will answer immediately or always, but she <laughs> shares her wisdom and love there as well. Um, hey, you can tag just, me. Yeah, we're so grateful for everything you've done and everything you've shared and all the lives you've touched, including mine and Evie's and my husband's. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you and thank for, you for being this you. bridge. Of course, it's been an honor. Honestly, um, it's I'm great. We're so grateful to have the space to share and yeah. the tribe that's building. It's been truly magic. So I couldn't it's, ask for anything else. And, it's great. Um, yeah, yeah, amazing. Well, thank you for sharing your time with us today, and I'm sure we'll have you back. We're always scheming on things <laughs> that we can bring. So you're so you have so much knowledge. So we're always we like, where it. can we bring Eliza back? What can we talk about next? (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we will talk to you soon. And guys, you can always find me at laura.radicalroots, just at just.holdthespace. And you can email us at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week.